Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest is an intuitive mindset expert, certified hypnotherapist, and the founder and CEO of Healing the Soul. Her mission is to help parents unlock the power of their minds and to get anything they want, both personally and professionally. Robin Stockman was inspired to create her company after surviving multiple childhood traumas, a severe brain injury, and then having Minnesota Child Protective Services steal her first son at just four days old without any court orders or proof. Now she helps people in releasing negative emotions, anxieties, and self-limiting beliefs related to any and all of life's challenges. In addition to her diploma in hypnotherapy, Robin has a total of 26 certifications related to the mind and healing, in addition to her having earned a diploma in hypnotherapy along with a director's award from the US's only accredited college of hypnotherapy. She has also been featured nationally and locally on US radio. So there's a lot. She's done a lot. Hi, Robin. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Claire. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, I can't wait to hear about everything, about your journey, about everything that you're doing. So look, I did sort of touch on a few things like, you know, you're surviving the multiple uh, childhood traumas, the severe brain injury, you know, your first son being taken by protective services, et cetera, et cetera, like in the intro. But like, tell us about the road that you've actually traveled to get to the point where, like, and I know, and I probably, it will be a long story, but that's okay, yeah, right? Well, if you can give us a synopsis. But, um, but like, get to the point where you actually thought, I know, I'm going to create my company and, um, you know, I'm going to create healing for the soul and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to help people. Well, how did, what did you, how did you do it? You know, there's days I question myself how I, how I made, how I managed to do it just because there's just so many, there's so many things that I went through that I've gone through. And I for me, it was honestly, a lot of people, they're, a lot of people who have dealt with child protection, 95% of the mothers who have dealt with them actually commit suicide. I'm not one of wow. those 95%, obviously, because oh, I'm still here. Yeah. And I never did drugs or alcohol, so I didn't have that issue. So for me, it was being able to be able to pull myself up and out of that. And one of the ways I did it was I had a direct sales company that I was a part of. And at that time, I'm like, okay, this is how I'm pulling myself up and out, focusing on that. While I still had another child that was during my open case, they wanted me to either kill him, which was abortion, or they wanted me to take and adopt him. He'd be automatically taken just because I had an open case already. So neither one was an option. I moved to South Dakota and zero problems here since I moved, no problems. So... What I did was after I had my one living child here, because my other one was already taken, um, I had gotten pregnant again. And so my second living son that I had custody of, that I was able to take home, um, it'd be my third living son though. With him, I took, and I was so desperate to just get out of that dark, deep hole that I was in, because I literally felt like everything around me, no matter what I did, was still caving in. And like, I couldn't breathe. Things were just, they weren't good for me. And I wanted to commit suicide because of how bad I was still missing my son, Miracle, in Minnesota, after being forced to give him up. And then 
I found about I found out about hypnosis through a dr another direct sales company that I'm not with. But when I found out about it through that training, for me, I'm like, that was the very first time I was ever able to relax in my entire life. So when I experienced that, I'm like, I want more of this. So then. So you actually, you trained or you went to hypnotherapy? I went to it. I experienced that group oh. hypnosis session. Yeah. So when I experienced that, I'm as soon as I came out of the hypnosis, I'm like, everybody needs this. Like everybody needs experiences, deepest relaxation. So when I experienced that, that was my path of, okay, I'm done doing this. I want more of this. And so for me, I was constant looking one in my Bible to see how it was, you know, biblically, if it aligned with me. And it did because there's nothing about it in there that says that you can't do it. So for me, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue this. And I did. And I'm glad that I did because I've gotten so many benefits using hypnosis for myself. I'm like, everybody needs experiences, especially people who have gone through trauma or people who are just like, I don't think anything else is working because that's where I was at. I was literally did 16 years at that point. I had done 16 years of traditional talk therapy, wasn't getting any better, focusing on the right. same thing, expecting different results, definition of insanity, doing the exact same thing, expecting different results. Oh yeah. That's what I was living. Yeah. Full of medications, full of all these different things. After hypnosis, I'm mean, I should mention that I'm only three years into this total right now at this point in 2022. And I'm on zero medications. I have full control over my emotions. In fact, I know how to make my body be under my control versus my mind hijacking my emotions. So whenever I do have a PTSD trigger, I can just take and say, hey, you know what? This is up here. It's not out here. So I'm able to immediately calm down my body and start controlling what my body wants to do. So it's been a huge blessing on that aspect and all those other feelings like the suicidal and all these other things went away. And like I said, no medications. I hardly see the doctor now. Rarely. No, which is quite, well, which is awesome. And yes. like, and you're in the States, so I'm sure seeing the doctor is bloody expensive experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it is it for is. us to a certain extent here in Australia, but not as much as it is in the States. Um, just to take a step back, was it due to, your childhood traumas and your like PTSD and stuff like that, why your child was taken away or, I um, mean, I, I'm happy if you don't want to discuss it because it's like, I can well, understand. Yeah. Well, for me, there was a whole bunch of different things that they used against me in a way because they couldn't find one issue. So literally what the state of Minnesota had to do, because, you know, like I said, he was only 40 years old. I didn't have any drug or alcohol or domestic abuse. I didn't have any of that history. No, 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 exactly. So what they ended up having to do was um, in court, you got to be guilty for something. So they said, okay, well, you got to admit that because you're on disability, you have a brain injury, that you wouldn't be able to support your child. So not knowing that, that they can't legally do that, um, I just said, well, yeah, that's true, because I didn't know at that time. And were you married to your partner? Were you married to your husband at that time? So it wasn't as though you were like a single mom who didn't have other nope. people supporting you or and anything we had a house like that. Too. And, yeah, we just had a we have a three wow. we had a three bedroom house, and it's like for me the way they did it was that they used my brain injury obviously against me, and then they used my own history of being childhood abused against me, and then to hire somebody else to come in and say my son wasn't bonded to me. That's what they ended up having to do because they did put me in a group home. They did put in, in a group home with my son to learn how to parent from a person who her brother was in prison for embezzling in a company. This is who they put me in with. And then, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, and she's a pharmacist on top of it all. And she's like, don't trust medical doctors. Don't, don't trust the medicines and all this other stuff. I'm like, but you're a pharmacist. How does that make sense? Just saying. So when they put me in there, but then the fact that I had how many doctors that I had seen that said I was perfect at parenting, I had a parenting assessment they put me through, that one I passed. So it's like, it really came down to having to hire somebody 
to say that my son wasn't bonded to me. That's rubbish. And then, of course, I was forced to adopt him out because when I was pregnant with my other son, that even though I had left Minnesota, they told me that they could come get my son in South Dakota. And they gave me literally 20 minutes to decide if I wanted to give up just the one child and be able to have my other son that I yeah. already had. Or well, they were going to take both. Or both. Which, which, because the person that had my son was wanting all my children. Which, like, I have to sit there and I have to go. And I know we, we're, we're slightly fine. getting off topic here, but, but mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, the background of what you've been through is, like, phenomenal, right? Because I can't understand how they would go, well, you can't look after this kid, but if you sign him out, then you can have your other, you know, you can, the kid that you're pregnant with, you can have this one because we think, you know, we don't think that child's at risk. And and really, it's, the, the, the clue is in the name, really. It's Child Protective Services, right? So it's about protecting the child. It's not about anything else. Yes. And like, and I don't really care what anyone said, like, as long as that child is not emotionally, physically, you know, at risk, from from their parents, right? Then my view is, then why, you know, if yeah. their parents can look after them, then why shouldn't they? You know, at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. And I've I've told a lot of people, I'm like, stop and seriously think about it. If Minnesota had had a good reason to keep my son away from me, stop and think about it. Do you honestly think the state of South Dakota, which is all black and white, by the way? It's a black and white state. You either did something or you didn't do something. They would never have allowed me to keep my children here and keep reproducing. Because now I'm up to four living children in the state of South Dakota, zero problems. So you have five in total? And um, Five children in total? Yeah, I have five, five living children total. But I have four with me in the state of South Dakota year after wow. year. And I've got another one on the way. So it's like stop and really think about it. There's a huge case that I could easily file against Minnesota if I had the money to do so, I would in a heartbeat. Because I've already been told by a lawyer, I have enough to file a federal lawsuit and four civil lawsuits against that county for what they did. So for me, being able to push on and through it, because I still fight with that. I actually, I was fighting with that earlier today. I'm like, I really wanna be able to help parents. I really do to have that more connection with their child. Cause I know how to parent. I know how to be able to do different things, especially to help the child. Like that's my thing. I'm really good with kids, but I fight with that. I cannot even think what you would have gone through. Like, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of emotions kicking around when you have a child and mm -hmm. to have that child removed from you four days after you've given birth to it. I mean, like, well, I would just, I mean, like, it doesn't change. Well, the hospital tried to kill me first. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, like, the hospital had, cold, they had to call it cold blue, and I've had two other, not two, but three other OBs look at my exact same record, and they're like, how in, how in the hell are you still alive? And I'm like, I don't honestly know, but I do know that they had to call code blue. Wow. While during the C-section delivery part before they had to do the C-section because they refused to give me my medications, the hospital did. So it's like when I look back at, at all of this, one, I know that they drugged, they drugged me very heavily. Uh, they, they drugged me a lot. Yes. Every two hours I was given Vicodin and Percocet every two hours. That is not a normal dose, period, for anybody and I've had enough surgeries to know this. So oh, yeah. it's like, when I look back on that, yeah. So I know like that was my influence at that time, yes. However, after that, I'm like, no medications if I don't have to, even though I have C-sections. <laughs> I'm like, I only want medicines the first day and that's it. The rest of the time, don't give me any. Yeah. And, and, look, and that's, how I, that's how I've been doing it because, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I had a C-section too. Like I, I had a C-section too, um, and at the time it was one of the most traumatic decisions I had to make because, like, I was old. So my view was, this is my only birth. I want to have it naturally, and I was so adamant. And I went all day, and in the end, they went, "This baby's going to be under distress if you don't, if we don't take it out of you." And I was like, "Oh, what do I do? What do I do?" And it was such a hard decision, and with all the emotions and hormones that you have within your body, and I just was annoyed that I'd been robbed of actually having my son naturally but 
thankful at the end of the day once all the hormones have calmed down that i've got a healthy boy who's you know running around causing havoc true and that's all good but yeah no so okay so so you had all of this going on right Mm -hmm. and like life was not great and then how did you find did you read about hypnotherapy and how it could help you or did you just how did you find out about it it was through that direct sales company that i had mentioned they had a training they had paid training from somebody else that other person had taken she was already a hypnotherapist so when I had learned from her, I'm like, hey, I've always been interested in the mind and how it works and why we do what we do and all these other things. Because I wanted to be a psychologist prior to my brain injury. That was one of the things I wanted to do. So then when I experienced that session, I'm like, oh, my God, everybody needs this. Well, I did not get um, certified through her, which was a good thing. Because then I found the Hypnosis Motivation Institute out of Tarzana, California, which they service all over the world, the nation's only accredited college of hypnotherapy. So for me, when I found that, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And at, and at the time, they had 10 free hours that you could learn how to do hypnosis. Well, I thought it was a joke because I'm like, nobody gives that much away. Well, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was not like a joke. Oh, day's worth. Well, yeah. And um, the education was it was amazing. I was like, I never learned that in that four day hypnosis training because it was a four day program, you know, that I'd had for hypnosis. That's what most people have when they call themselves a hypnotist. Only a four day training, and they basically learn how to read a skip a script. Wow! I'm like, you can't help anybody. So when I learned from this college in that ten hours, I'm like, oh my god, I learned a ton. Well, then it, obviously I wanted to take more, and it went from there. And I never expected for that college to save my life. And I'm not saying that God didn't, because he did. He put that hypnosis in at the exact time I needed it. So path directions, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, okay. And and like, I want to go, like, how do you do, how do you hypnotize somebody, right? How do you help? somebody how do you hypnotize somebody because every time you mention hypnotherapy right or I mention it I keep sitting there thinking of somebody with a clock like a watch tick, tick, and like going like and I'm sure and I'm I'm feel sure it's not and also then I keep thinking of the hypnotherapists who do this is like entertainment who get people to be chickens up on stage and all of that like malarkey and and they just sort of like a suggestive then they go one two three sleep and that's it. And these people go to sleep. But I don't, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, that's probably not the way it happens. So just explain to me, like, the hypnotherapy stuff that you learn and how it helps. Well, how I learned it was that you, you are right on some of those things that most people, I get the clock oh. swinging a, a lot. <laughs> or, um, and no, it's it actually an eye fascination tool. It's like the proper um, term is it's an eye fascination tool because it's kind of like the wipers on your vehicle. If you were to go watch them go up and down, you know, like what they do for swishing, that's the exact same thing that, that a person is doing when they're doing that with the watch because it's eye fascination. So if you focus on that, what happens is your brain gets very tired. And when the brain gets very tired from watching that, then the person goes right into hypnosis. And the best way is. And so does it. Oh, sorry. no, you're fine. Okay. And. S- no, no, no. And because I think there's a bit of a delay on like our line as well. Um, so with that, um, oh, what did you call it? The wishy wiper oh, yeah, thingy? Like the wipers, like on your vehicle when they're swishing. Yeah. So, so, so when they're swishing and you're actually focusing on it, okay, is that that it starts to switch on other parts like alpha and beta and like whatever the other parts of the brain waves is that that it starts to switch on those parts of the brain because I know when I listen to meditation tapes and things like that um depending on like what I'm hearing depends on like how deep I go into a meditation or whatever because it's because I've read somewhere that it like switches on various different alpha beta brain waves so it means that you can focus better or whatever is that sort of what that's doing um kind of but not a whole lot they're kind of different because that's just like the lighter stage of hypnosis like when you're watching those blades because it's kind of like that dreamlike state that's like the first depth that's hypnoidal depth 
and there's actually four different depths. I don't remember like the, I don't remember the difference between like the theta and the, the beta and all them. I know that there's, they're different ones, but the way I learned it, we didn't do that scientific way. We, we learned it the other way. Sort of like that first one is like the hypnoid is it's called the hypnoidal depth. Like I said, and that's the lightest and that's the first stage of hypnosis. That's like that dreamlike state. So like when you're going down the road and you miss your exit, that's how we hypnosis. Or like I said, with the swisher, with the wiper blades going back. And or you forth. get somewhere and, or you drive somewhere and you go, well, how did I get here? I can't remember the journey here, but you just know. Or you're, that you're on just social media it. and you're just scrolling through. Going into that, like, yeah. Yes. Or like the social media, just scrolling. That's hypnosis. Yes. And that's why you lose track of time. Oh my God. Don't. Yeah. Because that's really what it is, is you're, you're losing track of time because the mind has zero concept of time or reality. Like it only, t your mind only believes whatever it is that you tell it. You could tell yourself that you're a multimillionaire. And as long as you keep repeating it over and over and over again, guess what happens? The brain starts finding ways to become that multimillionaire. It starts focusing on everything that you already know that a multimillionaire does. Your mind will start doing it for you. Wow. So people are constantly being hypnotized. They're just unaware of it. Yes. That's so interesting. Yes. So, okay. So you've got that light state. Yeah, and it's like the stage hypnosis. That's different. Well, yes. yeah, I wonder about stage hypnosis, but, um, so, okay. So you've got the lighter, so you get the, so how do you, how do you use the hypnosis then? So how I use it is I use it therapeutic. How do you, so you're in the lighter stage. So, so you go to the later stage and then do you push them, get the push them is a real <laughs> bad word. Sorry. Like, and do you like coax them into a deeper State. I wish I could just do a demo on you. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> just, just oh my to show God, people, but, I, but you can't do a demo over here. Like you can't do an online demo. Well, I can. Yes, I, I, that's does how it go I do through that like the internet? Huh? Oh God! Oh, that just like freaked me out. <laughs> that, that that's actually how I that's how I that's how I learned how to do a hypnosis though. Is oh. I learned how to do it online. I wasn't okay. in person. So you can imagine my my view when it was people in the office now because I'm like to the in-person and that was more harder for me because I had to make that switch, but I was still able to do it. But yeah, hypnosis is very easy to, to be able to do it. I mean, like there's a rapid induction. That's what, that's what they typically use in stage. So when you're on stage, they use the rapid inductions. That's why people are going like, this is like one of them. That's why they do this. Or they'll do like the light and heavy where they're feeling the weight of the bowling ball. That's how you find out if the person's a somnambulist. But a somnambulist is basically they're in hypnosis all the time. Uh -huh. So they're always taking in suggestions from everybody. They actually need to learn how to get out of hypnosis. Oh, that sounds like my brother. <laughs> they're the ones that fall asleep yeah. easily throughout the day. Is that, where, is that where people are so laid back they're asleep? Yes, that's because they're somnambulists. So in their case, they need to learn how to get out of hypnosis because wow. there's a lot of different things you can treat. But then there's like the emotionals where the emotionals, they're the ones that people typically know them, know them as introverts. Where they're more to themselves. That's like the emotionals. They do really good in therapy, in uh, hypnotherapy. Oh, okay. They do really good. But then you get someone like myself, who's a phys, physical. And the physicals are like, we can feel everything in oh, our body. Then we That's you out. and me then. The emotionals are like, no, we're just laid back. Yeah, no, I'm not laid back. The emotionals are like, I'm too scared to show the world. Yeah, no, everything's so, out there with me. It's like, what you see is what you get. I'm a fizz of, of that's, yeah, no. So I would be hard to hypnotize then, would I? Like I could be hypnotized, but I'd be harder. No. Oh. No, and see, that's the other thing, too. That's another myth, actually, is a lot of people think that they can't be hypnotized. Oh. And it's like I've told everybody, I'm like, no, you can be hypnotized. The only people you seriously do not want to hypnotize are people that have multiple personality disorder. That's oh, the only God. population you do not hypnotize. Everybody else you can hypnotize. Is that because you don't know who you're going to get? Yes. And that's where it's counterproductive wow. to do the therapy on that person. But when people sit there and say that they can't be hypnotized and a hypnotist has tried to hypnotize them, I'm like, haha, they didn't know what they were doing. And that's the honest truth. They seriously did not go to college for it. They have no clue what they're doing. 
more than likely they went and they found a book online or they went to a four day training and that's why they can't hypnotize you. It has nothing to do with anything else. It has everything to do with your education. As I haven't come across anybody that I can't hypnotize. I, mean, I can hypnotize my own mom and my own, and my own husband. And that says a lot because when I learned. Which can come in handy. Yeah, it actually it <laughs> does for my husband, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because I use the last 30 minutes before when I know he's in hypnosis already because we go to bed. When we go to sleep, the last 30 minutes, you're in the natural state already of hypnosis. That's the dreamlike state. When you wake up, you're in it for you're in it again. So what I do at nighttime is I'm like, you're such a good dad. I'm so glad that you're helping. I'm so thankful for all the work that you've been doing. You know, I'm so glad you're good with the kids. I use a lot of that repetition of what I want for behaviors or like what I would like. <gasps> and it's I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm. Can we do them. this with children? Yes. I hypnotize my kids to take Can naps. Can we do this with children? I hypnotize mine to take naps. I'm just oh, like yes. Wow. I would love to be able to get so so this is like because I like at night I like cuddle down my son and we've been doing this since he was two which is probably like there are times where I go oh my god will you please just go to bed without me but he just he's got into that habit and actually to tell you the truth there are times where I go oh this is really nice and I just want to lay here with you but then there are other times where I go like last night I was like oh please please go to sleep because mommy's really tired but it was interesting because when you were saying about your husband I'm thinking oh can I do this with my child like get him to like go thank you for doing you know putting your stuff in the dishwasher thank you for doing x and sort of that suggestive when he's going off to sleep does that then mean that because then he will do more of that behavior (laughs) he will do more of that behavior is why I do that because I'm like so like with my kids I do that same thing too I'm like Thank you for being a good helper today. That really oh, helped wow. mommy. When you help mommy, that's such a good boy. Never bring up the bad stuff at, that they've done throughout the day, like in my case with all my kids. Um, I never bring up the fact when one of them hit another child, I'm like, don't bring that up. I bring up the positives of what they did because then I get more of that behavior that I want. Wow, there we go, listeners. So we'll all have to try this. Using it, it helps. Yeah, okay. No, that's cool. It, it works. Okay. And like, and, and it, I'm, I'm, sleep, that's easy. And I have to ask this because all the time we were discussing the hypnosis, yeah. right? I'm sitting here going, is it okay to hypnotize children? Is there any adverse effects of, and is it, and is it good for them? Because I'm thinking, does hypnosis, and I suppose if we'll get back on subject, because you use this, no, because I'm thinking you use this a lot to help people unlock their minds, right? Because let's face it, we get, um, we get, we, we deal with whatever they are. Because yes. some people, like I look at my life and go, well, I don't think I had a good childhood. I don't think there were too many traumatic incidents in my childhood um, compared with X, Y, and Z. But... There were incidents that if you were to say, what well, was a really bad incident? I would say, oh, this happened. Like it was no, it was no, it was like, you know, oh, my brother, my brother. Oh, oh dear. He's going to kill me for saying this. I had a big doll, Katie doll. My mum will laugh her head off when she listens to this podcast. I had a big Katie doll. She was massive. My brother got angry because I was on his little milk float and I wouldn't get off. So he picked up my Katie doll and he smashed her head, right? So Katie doll was no more, right? God love him, you know. I mean, he oh, wow. He wasn't, I'm, I'm thinking he was probably five, right? But I'm 50, he's 47 now, and I have never let him forget this, right? It is traumatic for me. Like, it was it was everything. Katie Dog came everywhere, to bed and everywhere. So, but I'm, I'm sort of thinking like, um, and we laugh about it now. It's not maybe as traumatic as I'm making, but... Um, you know, people have these childhood traumas and stuff like that and hold on to these negative emotions and stuff. So how do you use the hypnotherapy to actually help them? And can we help children this way as well? We can, yes. So we can help children this way most definitely. And when you were talking about like that Katie doll that you had mentioned. Yeah, sorry. No, no, that's okay because that's actually that, would be a traumatic experience that you had gone through. Cause you can laugh about it now. However, there's still an emotional feeling that you get. I punished him all his life. Like, 
my brother's 47 and I've punished him since he was five. Well, no, th- that makes sense, though, because your mind is like, no, you did this to me. I want to get back. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, well, no, I didn't get back sense. at him, but like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going, you're never going to forget that you smashed the head of my Katie doll, right? Which would just be hilarious because he'll just be whatever. Like now at 47, he'll be like, whatever. But like, yeah. But like yeah. once you release that emotion that's tied to that that feeling of being hurt, upset, you know, angry, once you release that emotion, then all of the other events like going forward, what happens is your body's like, I don't care. I can move on. And it's just amazing, like, how much we hold on to our different negative emotions. And until we release them, they're going to keep bugging us. And that's like the same thing with kids, because they're in hypnosis from the time of conception to eight years old. We are all in hypnosis. Wow. So when you think about what's going on in the world, you know, for a fact, most people that are not, that don't study the subconscious mind like I have, they don't have the concept that that's why we've got the chaos we've got in the world because a child is in hypnosis from conception to eight years old. So they will believe whatever the adults tell them. So when they're watching TV, they're being programmed to believe things that are not true. They're being programmed by adults in school and their parents, all these different things that may not be true. So when I think about all this stuff going on in the world, I'm like, there's your answer, people. You've got the wrong group hypnotizing your children, brainwashing them, because the definition of brainwashing is repeated is repeating the exact same thing over and over and over again so that the person feels bad about themselves so that they carry on those tasks that you want them to do. Not everybody can be brainwashed, but that's essentially what happens is that they get so conditioned by society that you have to be a certain way because of this new group that has severe illness, that that's why kids are doing the way they are. That's why they're reacting nowadays. And it's unfortunate because not everybody knows that that's what's going on. They want to help their kids. And I was like, help your kids by being, by telling them how proud you are of who they are right now without changing them. You don't ever want to change somebody. You just want them to be proud of who they are. Yes. Well, unhappy, you know, proud of who they are, whatever they are, um, because mm-hmm. they are their own little human people, you know, human people, human beings. Yes, they are. And they have the magic, you know, they have the magic of different things. So, like, um, one thing that I like to think of is that, like, with kids, for example, my one son, he loves to play farming. Like, he says, I'm going to be a farmer when he grows up, you know, like, all these other things. And I'm like, well... I can either tell them, well, you'll never be a farmer. You'll never have this. You'll never have that. I can do that with like how many adults do that. Or I can take them and say, hey, you're going to be the best farmer in the world. You know, I'm so proud of you because of you. I'll always have food. I'm just saying without farms, we have no food because <laughs> it's the truth. And um, so I'm just like thinking I'm going to go with that. But then like my other son who is four, he loves Minnie. And for whatever reason, he loves Minnie. And it's like, he's a boy. He can love Minnie. But it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with him where he needs to change to a girl. It's just that he loves Minnie. And I'm like, okay, you love Minnie? Then have fun with Minnie because it's a stage. And adults forget that the kids have to go through those stages of development because if they don't go through those stages, they're missing them. That's where the emotions get stuck. That's when the I'm not good enough. That's when the shame, that's when the guilt happens. And then they carry that throughout adulthood. Yeah, and it's quite funny because... All of our adult problems stem from that age group. Yeah. and Conception to eight. It's amazing. It's amazing you saying that. My son went to school with his fingernails painted and his toes painted because mummy was painting her toes. I don't know why because they're hidden away now because it's winter here in Australia. And he wanted, he said, can I, can I do my fingernails on my toes? So I said, yeah. And they were painted like a pinky red color. And um, it's amazing. He's six, but it's amazing. He went to school and he got some kids going, oh, why have you done that? It's only girls do that. Like, 
you know, boys don't do that. Um, and thank God his school has a teacher who paints his fingernails, right? Mm. He's a male teacher and he paints his fingernails, gets them professionally done and it's all good. And I'm like, hats off to him. You know, I want to go and hug this guy because it's because of him. He's enabled me to say, no, 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 boys can do, you can do whatever you want. You want ribbons in your hair, you can put ribbons in your hair. You want makeup on your face, you can put makeup on your face. There are men who don't like other men who, mm-hmm. re- you know, recognize themselves as men heterosexually that put makeup on. They, You know, if they're on TV, they put makeup on. If they're, you know, and. Yes, they do. All men do. That's why they look so good yeah. on TV. Well, that and cosmetic surgery and all the stuff that we, you know, go, we yes. all like. <laughs> but for like the basics. Yeah, you know. Um, but, you know, and I said to him, if you, if you think it looks nice, it's it's okay. But, like, I'm I'm happy to remove it if you want to. But, but it's amazing at six that they've got these stereotypical ideas already of, like, what a boy should have and what a girl should have and all of that stuff. I mean, he's always loved purple. So I go, well, all right, have purple. But, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, my kids like pink, and I'm like, there's nothing no. wrong with it. Yeah, and to me, I'm like, that's why it doesn't mean that you have to change who you are. It just means, hey, this is what I like. And, you know, my son, the reason why he loves Minnie, I finally got out of him the one day. He said, because Minnie owns boat, has a boutique. Mommy owns a business. Minnie owns a business because that's her boutique. She owns a she owns a bow tune. It's called it's mini bow tunes is what we watch. But I mean, like she owns a bow business. Mommy owns a business. So he's equated mini to mommy, which is why he calls me mama, mama mini, because he's associated that mommy owns a business. That's why I like mini, because then I can be like mommy owning my own business. So when I got to that rut, I'm like, huh, that explains it, because initially I'm like, no, we don't want mini. And then I'm like, then when he, then when I got it out of him, what it was, then it made more sense. I'm like, no wonder why you love mini. Reminds you of mommy. And this is the thing. They ha- They're they imitating. That's how they learn. They have their own kid yes. logic, right? And we shouldn't actually interfere with that kid no. logic. It's just how they interpret. And, and yes. like, we all do that anyway. Like, we all have our views and our opinions of the world. Why shouldn't they? You know, it's not about them. Oh, you can't have that view and opinion. Um, and you can't get to that, like, logical conclusion that Minnie's a business owner, you're a business owner. Like, oh, I want to be a business owner. That's, you know, fair enough. To me, that's an accomplishment. Oh I'm like, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Just say it. No, exactly. That's what I. That's what my dream is for my kids. I want them to own a business. Yeah. So, like, the one wanting to be a farmer – that's his own business. That's what he wants to do. And then the other one with the mini, I have no clue what business he wants. But I'm just saying, it's, to me, it's like that. that's how kids learn is that they replicate what adults do. So we're their role models. So when people sit there and say, well, you know, they want their kids to have better behaviors. In order for a child to have better behaviors, and this even goes with hypnosis too, is that the adult themselves have to learn, one, how to control their emotions. Because if the adult does not know how to control their emotions to self-regulate when they're angry, when they're upset, when they want to lash out, they're going to get their child to do the exact same behavior. And then they wonder why children are rebellious at the teenage years. It's because how you raised them when, you, when they were little. You made, them, you made children take and feel bad. You gave them that shame and guilt of bad girl, bad boy for coloring on the wall. Bad girl, bad boy for hitting a cat, hitting your brother. When you say bad or naughty, these words, what they're doing is the mind has no way to process them. So then the child takes that behavior that you don't want them, nobody wants them to color on the wall. So when they're coloring on the wall, but you're saying that they're bad, that they're naughty for doing that, the mind says, I'm a bad person. I'm a naughty person. And that's shame. And the second that child inherits that shame, they immediately don't feel worthy. They don't feel capable of doing anything. They feel like they're a mistake. Whereas guilt, they feel like I made a mistake. But parents don't know that. So instead of saying like, you shouldn't color on the wall, you know, bad girl, bad, whatever, parents really got to sit here and say, hey, you know, 
I really don't like you coloring on the wall. What can we do instead? So instead of coloring on the wall, let's color on paper. I did, I dealt with this with my two year and a half year old earlier today. In fact, with coloring on the walls, so I'm like, okay, instead of coloring on the walls, let's color on paper. You can color on paper. You can color on coloring books. We cannot color on the wall because that hurts the wall. Because when you tell the child that, it gets their brain to think, okay, I can do this instead of this. So it's making them have a, it's changing the behavior of what you want versus something you don't want, like the coloring on the wall. Yes, no, exactly. And I had something pop into my head and then it popped out of my head, which was just crazy. Oh, that's right. What I'm trying to do with my son now is because I'm very conscious, okay, that if he does something wrong, right, that um, if I fly off the handle, for want of a better phrase, but if I fly off the handle, I go, oh, my God, why did you do that? Why did you get done for bullying at school and, like, all of this stuff, which he hasn't, by the way, he hasn't, but, like, that was just something that came in my head, but, like, mm-hmm. or to say, you know, like, why did you spray paint the school walls at six he wouldn't have spray paint so you know it's not possible but um but you know something like on that i i'm trying to take a step back and instead of actually going ah and go exploding i'm trying to take a step back and go well why do you think it's not why do you think that's not what you should be doing and what do you think you should be doing and trying to question him and go okay all right. And like he half of the time he's telling me these things. So not that he spray painted the school or bullied anyone, but like things that he might have done wrong. And um, which at the moment, because he's six, he would do because he's all being a bit innocent. Right. Um, but if I was to fly off the handle, my view is rightly or wrongly. And I'm I'm happy for people to say, well, that's wrong. But um it's my opinion and I'm trying to work through it that if I fly off the handle, then in later years, when he gets older, he'll be like, Oh, I don't want to tell mum anything because she's going to go nuts and go crazy on this one. And so I'm not going to tell her. Exactly. And so what I'm trying to do is not go nuts and crazy. Although there are part of me that want to go, what the, I didn't bring you up this way, but I'm sort of like, (laughs) yeah, I'm sort of going, okay, he's learning. All right. This is what I'm telling myself mentally is he's learning, but I have said to him, buddy, you can make a mistake once. Potentially, I won't fly off the handle if you make a mistake twice. But if you haven't learned by the third time, then I will be getting a little bit angry and annoyed with you because you're supposed to be mistakes are our friends, but they're only our friends once or twice. And then it's real stupidity that like you're doing it three or four times, right? However, Mm-hmm. If I look back through my life, I've made a lot of mistakes three or four times and only learned on the fifth one. But anyway, but, you know, that's my stupidity. I don't want him to do that. Look, um, so so you can um, just bring us back all on board because I know, like, you're really busy and you've got to head mm-hmm. off soon. So um, if people want to learn more yeah. about what you're doing and, um, you know, actually look at what Healing for the Soul is and, and – um, all of that you've you've got websites and you're yes. on social media aren't you yes I mean you're I even on TikTok you were saying as well this morning to me so it's your website is www.healingforthesoul.com no it's healingforthesoulplus.com oh plus.com missed the plus site okay all right it's that's all cool good. and then and then you've got links on your website that go yes. to your social media, like Facebook and all of those things. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, look, one final question. Mm-hmm. If you had a superpower, what would your superpower be, Robin? I already have the superpower. I have the best powers in the world right now. The two things that everybody needs, hypnosis and NLP. Because without either one, you have nothing in this world. Because yeah. all marketing is hypnosis, all of it is, yep. yes. and then NLP, that's to get the instant change in the, in the body, so that way you can release that emotion, so I'm like, I already got the two superhero powers in the so world. So that's like state change, is it NLP? That's, what yes. does NLP stand for? It stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, so it's speaking the language of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to speak that language is where you get that instant positive change, like when you were talking about for your son... Um, when you get upset with them, the best thing you can do at that point, like when you get upset with your kids, this is what I've had to do. 
is I started out telling myself, I don't want to go to jail. I'm too pretty to go to jail. So I went and I put myself away from my child as long as that they're, they're, as long as they're safe, they're not hurting anyone. They're not doing anything. It's kind of like when they're a baby and they're in the crib and they're screaming, give yourself yeah. a five minute break. I've done that a few because times. It's not worth it. Go and deep breathe. And then when they get older and you can't exactly remove yourself from the situation, what I do with my kids is I'm like, you're going to deep breathe and you're deep breathing with me and we're going to stomp our feet and we're going to clap our hands. We're going to push the wall because when you're doing that, that's giving them that outlet because they just need to know what to do with yeah. those emotions. Yeah, I do that with my son, that way long -term. which is quite funny because he can tell yes. that I'm getting yeah. he, he now can tell that when I'm getting stressed and I'm like, OK, I don't have the patience to do this, honey. And he goes, mom, you need to just breathe. And I'm like, OK, buddy. However, that can wind me up at times. It depends if I'm PMT or not. But, um, yeah, you know, and I just sit there and I go, okay, I've got to, like, he's trying to help me. But also I find, and I'm, 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 I'll finish this all up quickly because I know you've got another um, podcast thing to do. But, like, I also find that actually reword. So if I'm starting to find, and sometimes I go zero to 100, like, in a second flat, but most of the time it's a build-up. And if I start to find that I'm building up, then what I'll do is I'll go, okay, like think of a positive of the situation. So I, if he's not going to sleep, well, the positive is that I actually get to spend time cuddling him, which when he gets to a stinky 13-year-old, he's not going to want me anywhere near him. Like, so, you know, I've got to make that most of those times there. Yeah. Stuff like that, really. So it's just changing it to a positive. So I go, I'll change it to a positive. And, um, yeah. It can be a bit odd if he's shouting at me. That's also called the reframe. Oh, there we go. That's also called the, the reframe. So when you're doing the reframe, it it tells the brain, okay, what would I rather have instead? So that's like the law of attraction. People say it doesn't work. Yes, it does. You attract your own trauma. You attract your own everything. Accidents yeah. don't exist. And people get mad at me, at mad at, not just at me, because I used to be that way too. I'd be like, there's no way I attracted all my trauma. Um, Yeah, because after the first time, the brain to protect you literally keeps thinking about how to prevent the incident wow. from happening. Well, then what you're thinking on, the mind constantly will go back to. So in attracting my own trauma, that's literally what happened after the first time. I just wanted to protect myself because that's the subconscious mind. That's the goal of it is to keep you alive at any and all costs. Doesn't care how. It just knows it needs to keep you alive. So then it focuses on preventing that trauma. So in preventing that trauma, that's literally what the mind does is that it focuses on it, brings more of that to you. And then you're wondering why you can't get out of the trauma, why you can't have these things you want. It's because you're focusing on it. That's why the traditional therapy, you keep attracting more yeah. of the same stuff. Unlike hypnosis, unlike the hypnotherapy, is I focus on how would you rather feel? What do you want to feel now, today? Wow. Instead of attracting more trauma, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a life full of abundance, joy, happiness, peace, like having a million dollars? Because you can get yeah. that. Or you can take another five, 10 years, sit in that pile of trauma, sit in that pile of hurt and shame and guilt and just sit in it. Or you can say, hey, I'm, I don't want this feeling anymore. I just want to take and get to that. So is that where you would go, that's what I is do. that where you go, oh, I wish I had a million dollars, I wish I had a million dollars, where you're always going to be wishing for a million dollars or $25 million or whatever amount it is, because you're always wishing, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of actually saying... You have to have that feeling of having it, and that's what NLP does. It gives you that feeling of, I already have it. So it's like, I already have it, I don't need to focus on it, I already have it. Being in that... Instead of being on that need or that want of, I want this. I have to have this. No, because when you're in that state, they're in that emotion. It doesn't feel good. But when you're in the feeling of already having it, the mind is like, it's no big deal. I mean, like, if you seriously think about it, it is easy for the mind to come up with $100,000. The mind can do it. How do you do it? You have to believe that it's true. You have to be able to change the neurology in your body. You have to be able to get that belief there and how do you do that hypnosis yeah and I, I want to be a better parent how do you do that hypnosis. and I have to say when I started this podcast I was like who the earth is listening to it and I do wonder hello listeners out there who the earth is listening to it but 
Um, yep. I just went, I'm just going to do it. I don't really care. So I had to go, I don't care to go ahead and do it. Look, I'm conscious that you need to head off. Um, yes. Look, thank you so much, Robin. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. I love speaking to you. Um, I'm coming on your podcast. So, yes. um, yeah, all good. We'll speak again. Happy days. Okay. Look, thank you again. Um, Have a great evening. I'll have a great day because it's daytime here and uh, speak to you again soon. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. And if you can't tell, Claire, I'm very passionate about what it is that I do. (laughs) Like extremely. I love it. No. No, it's cool. It's cool. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoy this. Okay. No, thanks. That's us done. You can go on to your next one now. That's brilliant. It's like a conveyor belt for you this morning. I'm just going and getting my hair done. Sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com We are also on all the usual social media platforms Insta, Facey and Twitter I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon Be kind to yourself and remember no one is perfect we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.